Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. On the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out a bad seat, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad state, bad lot, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Verona Palacio, right across the river with the woods from where Granny just fell asleep because she smoked a fatty Yoda Wonka bars in New York City, the Big Apple. People dress up plastic bags, a rich driving some kind of fashion show. You got up, you do, but all my friends come around, plastic, the plastic, body up. Rats on the west side, the thumbs uptown. What a mess, this town's a tad of my brain splattered all over Manhattan. You be shy, I got Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell. Carver High running it. And we got a Hall of Fame game going on right now. And if you're on the uh, YouTube Sports Grid Radio uh, TV side right now, I'm going to pull this out for Carver High. Oh, we got the terrible dog. Oh, Carver. Oh, Look out. Oh, we got the terrible The towels are out. Oh, oh, we got the was. Oh, we got the terrible towel. I got my Steeler hard hat. Oh, we got the Steeler hard hat. The hard hat, too? Wow. Oh, we got the hard hat out. How about that? Very exciting. Love it. So. Uh, you got your under. <laughs> so far, so far, we're looking good. We're looking good, but we're not across the so, finish line yet. We've seen crazier things. We have we have seen crazier things. The over uh, under was what, 32? Uh, yeah, it was around 32. I had 31 and a half. It was bouncing back and forth between those. So it's uh, 9-3 right now, Steelers. And they were down 3 nothing. At the half, I was, uh, as usual, very interested in the game when it started. And then the Steelers' first possession, a uh, good old Mason Rudolph fumbled. <laughs> and that was yeah. it for me. I was like, I I've, can't uh, take watching this guy. I thought I it was like, either going to I thought it was either going to be that or one of like the several missed field goals in this game that finally shut you down. You had enough after that. Oh, my God. Fumble, punt, missed field goal. Punt, half, touchdown, five plays, 33 yards. I think it was your boy, Bellage, the Bellagio with the touchdown. 
Sloman misses the extra point. Brick. And then you get a field goal on a nine-play drive. Uh, Sloman shield with a 48-yarder uh, to make up for his missed extra point. 9-3 Steelers. What do you think of the game so far? Uh, for me personally, it's been everything I've wanted and I hoped for. Very sloppy. Um, not a lot of uh, offense. Nobody's moving the ball. I mean, you got some real hacks out there now. I mean, this guy Danucci for the Cowboys, he stinks. Uh, he's just absolutely awful. Um, and, and this is kind of what I expected. This is why I like that under 31 and a half today. And so far, everything's looking good. Do you not, like, wonder sometimes where they find these people? I mean, honestly. Uh, we welcome our radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Channel 204, Mighty or 1090 in San Diego, near Tijuana, do you want to? Sports Map Radio Network, what up, H-Town? And in the city by the bay, Sports Byline USA, D-Pack holding it down, Armed Forces Radio, all over the globe, hoorah, soldier, hoorah. It's Pharrell on the bench with Carver High running it. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, there's these guys like Danucci. I don't care what anybody says. Like, where do they find these guys? Like, do you remember the other day on Coast to Coast, I talked about um, just there's so many hack quarterbacks in this league. Uh, it's amazing to me because it's the NFL. But yep. and it's the greatest football league in the world. But, you know, it's funny because you, you have all these other leagues, these wannabe leagues and everything else, wherever you could talk about any of them. Right. But uh, you see how bad the quarterbacks are. But the bottom line is. Is at this level, at the NFL level. It's just as bad. It, it really is like. On literally every team beyond the starter who may or may not be good, let's not say great or, you know, amazing. Okay, those are different worlds altogether. Those are different islands. But just good, being good, okay? How many of them in this league are even good? I mean, honestly, like... Gilbert Grape sucks. Gilbert and Grape. And so does Danucci. He's even worse. I don't care what anybody says. I know they keep trying to sell you Gilbert Grape all the time. I mean, this guy just doesn't go away. I mean, he they've been showing him on my television screen for years since college. But Gil, your, your boy Gilbert Grape sucks, too. And then Danucci, all of them. Uh, you know, the Steelers. Rudolph sucks. He does. He sucks. He sucks. Haskins is a head case. Dobbs, he's never amounted to a hill of beans. What team has anyone better than good besides no one? I mean, literally, you've got a. On one hand, you have great quarterbacks in this league, right? I mean, it's crazy. And we can talk about it because you can go down the list of all 32 teams and you'll sit there and there's not that many great quarterbacks. There aren't. There's not that many good quarterbacks. There really isn't. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. 
Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. There he is right there to the right. You see him? <laughs> Carver on, look. You don't see home play yet? Oh, I don't have it on you. I mean, I'm you. doing a thousand things here. I mean, honest to God, it's just like, I told you, you got two outs to get it done. And I you, know, you're but... swinging a miss. You got a runner on first and Kelnick. And now you see, have you got it on yet? No. No. Fail. Now Kelnick gets to uh, second on a pass ball. So anyway, the point of the story is there's a guy sitting behind home plate at the Yankee game. Now, obviously, you don't get those seats behind home plate unless you got money. So it's not a question of money or anything like that. It's not a conspiracy, but. There's a guy sitting behind home plate and only in New York. And you have the guy sitting behind home plate, just completely guidoed out. And he's got like the, he's got the sleeveless shirt on. <laughs> it's the only place in America at a baseball game where you'll see the richest guy behind home plate in the, you know, $500 seats that's sitting there with uh, he's sleeveless. <laughs> Your boy over here, and he's big too. He's looking like he's had about 15 beers. He's got a sleeveless t-shirt on. I mean, this guy is great. Only in New York can you have that. That guy right there sitting there with no sleeves, rocking it like he's at the gym lifting weights. He looks like the guy that plays uh, basketball in the old t-shirt that he, you know, had pit stains on him, so he cut off the sleeves. And he, he said, I like this shirt too much to throw it in the garbage. I'm going to cut the sleeves off and make it a workout sleeveless tee with cut up shoulders. Have you ever seen it? Like You can see him right there. This guy's great. He's absolutely great with the sleeveless shirt. He's right out of a Grease movie. He's like driving a 57 Chevy with a pack of smokes. He's one of the cutters from Breaking Away. <laughs> So where is he? Right behind the plate. I got it on now. Have you seen him yet? I just, I just got it up. All right, now watch this pitch. You'll you'll be able to watch the pitch. You'll be able to see him. Uh, There's uh, now there's two outs, so it's now or never. So you got it's now or never. So when Chapman throws the ball to home plate, you just look to your right and in the second row. So check it out. Here we go. All right, Crawford's the last out. You you see him sitting there? (laughs) Yeah, I see him. 
<laughs> Look at that guy. He's like, yo, he's got his arm out. He's got the big arms. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have some tats on those shoulders. What do you nice think shirt. of him rocking the, the sleeveless at the Yankee game? Yeah, he's making a statement with that sleeveless shirt in the front row. <laughs> I mean, it, you knew you were going to be sitting seats. there. He's in the nickel seats. Those are the nickel seats. I mean, those are a nickel a game, man. For you, though, for you guys least... that don't that, that don't live in New York and you're watching the Yankee game, you see that little fence they have behind the first five rows? Everything in front of that fence is a nickel plus. When you get it's a nickel plus per seat in front of that little fence, and they don't let anybody cross that fence. <laughs> That's, That's right. it. You're you're not sitting there unless you got a nickel per game. <laughs> But that guy is great. Look at him with his arm out. He's got he's he's cheering him on. He's got no sleeves. He's got the most expensive seat in the house. I mean, look at that guy. And he's there with his buddy. You know he's had like 15 beers. He's wanted to have a smoke for like an hour and a half. <laughs> he's dying to have a smoke. He's like the guy on the airplane that's been on the plane for five hours going to Vegas, and he just needs a smoke bad. So when the plane lands, he doesn't care about his luggage. He just wants to get outside to have a smoke. That did you like the, the did you did you like the Gallo homer tonight down three two? I mean, big fly from Gallo. That was I, that was I, a very tall. Uh, it was a high homer that landed in the first row. Considering how high it went. Well, I bet on Seattle tonight, so I'm going to lose uh, the bet. So when it was 3-2, I wasn't too thrilled at the time. I know, wasn't thrilled either because last, last night I bet Gallo to hit a homer plus 220, thinking that he would break out last night, and then, of course, he hits it tonight. So that's how it always goes. Looks like they got a better crowd there tonight at least. Yeah, but there's still big patches of empty seats. Like, they, they got it, and, and I don't know if that's partially – uh. You know, COVID-related, who knows? But there's still big patches of empty seats at these Yankee games. Did you think I was right when I talked about that today on Coast to Coast that uh, you see the Dodger game last night? I don't care they're playing the Astros. Every single seat was taken in the entire stadium. There hasn't been a game like that at Yankee Stadium all year. This year. There hasn't been a game like that. And I mean, it's just not even once. Do you remember the night that they... I mean that's a pretty good crowd tonight. I gotta admit, it looks it looks a lot bigger. It looks like there's forty thousand there tonight. But you know, Dodger Stadium. Well, like when they opened it up, you remember the first night that they opened up and they said, uh, I remember they said tonight at at, at City Field and Yankee Stadium, you could see uh, full houses. That there, it's a hundred percent capacity allowed. And then that night. That, it, that they opened it up and you could finally go without a mask and you could go to the stadium, no questions asked, because they had limited the seating. That night when they opened up both ballparks in New York, nobody went. It was, uh, you figured they were on the news, they were like, you can go to the game tonight and it'll be a full house if they want. They can fill every seat. And nobody went. There was 20,000 people there. You remember that? Yes. I mean, it's embarrassing. And then I said today that, uh, A, that the West Coast, the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are are better to watch. The stadiums are full, all three of them. 
They're full for all their games. 90% of their games are sellouts. All three of them, Giants, Dodgers, Padres. And I went to one. I went to see them play one of the worst teams in baseball, and there was still 35,000 there on a Thursday night on my birthday for no reason. There is no reason to walk around the corner to watch the Colorado Rockies. I'm just being honest. Right now, they are trash. You know it. I know it. They have no talent whatsoever beyond Story and Blackman. That's the entire team. And there's no reason to watch them. Meanwhile, it was still just packed. I mean, that's a big crowd even for a Thursday night, if you ask me, in San Diego. But we've seen that ballpark sell out every night. And the other reason I said that it's better in the West is because, like, Dodgers Stadium, you know, full, blah, 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 blah. Yankee Stadium is just a flat-out ripoff. It's just a, it's just an oh, absolute it. joke. It's a rip. It's embarrassing. All they do is fleece you. Tickets are a joke. They're too expensive. They're not worth it. The team is not worth it. They don't play like they're worth it. And there's no reason if I go to a game like the seats that guy's sitting in with his uh, sleeveless, those are a nickel just to sit there. Then you drop another buck and a half drinking and eating, right? Because the food down, down, there, is- down there, down there, you don't pay for food because I've sat there once or twice and the nickel seats, you don't pay for food, but oh. you do. But but you do have to pay for booze. You pay for booze all night. OK, so uh, six fifty to go to the game. Yeah, because if that guy had 10 beers and they're 20 bucks a pop. So here's the deal. When you go with me and we sit in a mezzanine, it's going to be 200 bucks each. For the for the ticket, and then we're gonna spend at least a hundred each drinking, right? It's six hundred dollars for two of us to go to a baseball game. That's absolute BS. I don't care where you live, what you do, how much you earn, what you do for a living. There's no baseball game in Major League Baseball that's worth that kind of money unless it's a playoff game. Even then, I don't like it. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I've grown a bit. So, uh, we're talking about 
these baseball stadiums. Uh, and by the way, the Mariners flew out to end the game uh, with two on runners on the corners down five, three, and they uh, hit a ball to the wall. Gallo made the catch off Chapman. I, there's something about Chapman that it doesn't sit well with me. He just does not look like the Chapman that was feared when he came out onto the mound every night of his career. He was feared, and there is no longer that fear whatsoever when you watch that guy pitch. Anyway, Rick Harrell's our sports business and legal insider from Harvard, and they call him the professor for a reason. He's also a hot dog connoisseur and a lover of life and a scratch golfer. So uh, he's on the bench. Uh, you can catch him on Coast to Coast every week. I have no idea when anymore. But he is on the show, and he's on this show tonight. Mr. Haro. Don't give me grief. So I missed one Tuesday, okay? Just leave me alone. Okay? okay so I was I flying on Tuesday. What do you want me to do? You want me to, you want me to call you from 30,000 feet? What, what's your problem? Listen, listen I, you know, that, that works for me. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you want to do is get that expensive, uh, you know, 30,000 phone call in, I know that's a, an expensive ticket. Speaking of tickets, that's what we're talking about here. So I went to um, I went to Petco. I go every year to see the Padres uh, when I go surfing in California. And I'll be honest with you, uh, my buddy Colhan Casey, God bless him, he ended up buying all the tickets. And when I got to the game, uh, I said to him, uh, and it was my birthday, obviously. It was last Thursday. It was my birthday, and, and he said. Uh, I said, how, how much are the tickets? Give me, give me a number for my, you know, five tickets. Cause I got five tickets and he got five. And then, uh, there was another guy that came with us. So there was 11, uh, tickets and, uh, you know, that's expensive, uh, any way you slice it. And, you know, you're sitting there, we were in right on third base, uh, up in the second deck, but the seats were great. And I, I my guess is they were at least, you know, 40 to 45 bucks a piece at least. Cause the one right below in on the third base bag, my buddy got one down there and it was 57. So if it's 57 down on the third base bag, right above it, one deck up has got to be, you know, 47 or 40 or something like that. So my question is this, Rick, if you go to Yankee stadium, you can no more get a ticket for $40 than fly a kite. Uh, we were talking about directly behind home plate. Those tickets go between 500 and a thousand a pop in those first five, 10 rows. They serve them food and everything else, but those tickets are brutally expensive. If, if Carver high and I went to a game, the two of us and sat in the mezzanine, it would cost us 200 bucks each for the ticket. And it would cost us another hundred each for beers and food. So you'd spend $600 going to a baseball game. Rick, I have a massive problem with that. I don't think the Yankees are worth it. I don't think Yankee Stadium is worth it. I, frankly, I think the old stadium was was more worth it. Going to that venue was there were ghosts. It was it smelled uh, like you know, you, you know, hundred years of baseball. Uh, it, it had it, history. It, it had a vibe. It was so old and rotten and and you know decaying, but it was so incredible. Like Wrigley is, like Fenway is. There was something about it that, that actually I thought was worth the money. I think Yankee Stadium now is antiseptic. I think it's a ripoff. I think paying $50 to park is BS. 
And I think that's the reason why Yankee Stadium, nobody goes to the games anymore, and there's 20,000 empty seats every night. What do you think the problem is with baseball's variation in ticket prices for experiences in different cities geographically in this country? You're trying a lot of different things. You know, uh, a lot of this variable pricing uh, allows uh, teams like the Orioles to charge less, although that's a bad example because there's there are no teams that are worth Oriole pricing. But, you know, the way this started, too, is if you're uh, a home team, let's tell you the Royals. Rick, hold on one second, buddy. Uh, Rick, let, let's hold on one second. Uh, Carver, why don't we try him back? Uh, the line is so awful, I can't even hear him. So we're going to have to dis- disconnect and try you again, buddy. It's just awful. So there you go. Steelers just threw another touchdown. Uh, they've scored again, Carver High. Your boy Josh Dobbs throws a touchdown pass into the corner. And now the Steelers, the Sloman shield out to make it 16-3 to Pittsburgh. So I was bragging today that the Steelers would – uh, you know, blow them out tonight and cover the two and blow them out. And, you know, this is a blowout as far as I'm concerned at this point. We got Rick Haro back. Uh, let's start again. You were talking about uh, the variables and the prices. I actually couldn't hear a word you were saying, so we'll kind of just start again. Yeah, we'll start again. My, 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 my dog stepped on the landline. I apologize for that. So, uh, you know, you, you, you go to a, a game these days, everybody thought it was kind of a cool thing. The teams that were not that good could be less priced tickets than the teams that were better. That works in certain markets. If you're right, the Yankees are at home. They're going to charge a high number for everything. And it gets to the point where corporations can afford to buy the tickets, especially those. And by the way, they're not just a grand. As you know, they're up to $1,500. They opened at $1,500. You can probably get them a little less now. And it's bad for baseball because – Everybody sees empty seats right back behind home plate. Uh, it, it is it is expensive. It's very expensive. The average has gone up thirty seven percent in the last five years, and that's too much. And so, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is, if if you're going to spend money for Gallo and Rizzo, I guess you got to increase your ticket price so that you can afford them. But then, what happens to the kids who get completely priced out? And if you're an 11-year-old kid, you're not going to see very many Yankee games at home. I mean, that, that's just craziness. Uh, I, that's just unacceptable to me. Uh, you know, there was nothing better in your life than going to see a Major League Baseball game when you were a kid. I'll never forget going to Wrigley Field and to Comiskey Park and uh, when I grew up as a young child in, in Chicago. And then I moved to Pittsburgh and I got to experience, um, you know, amazing things. Super Bowls with the Steelers, World Series with the Pirates. Uh, and it was an amazing, eye-opening, just a rush to be a kid and to experience that kind of thing. It was just so uh, amazing, the memories and just the feeling that you got. And nowadays... A guy can't afford to take his kid to the game. I mean, it's just they've priced families out of their sport. 
so that they can get corporate America all their fancy seats. And then the corporation buys the seats and they don't use them either. And there's, you know, they have this bulk of season tickets and they offer them to their clients and then they don't even show up for the game. They, they don't even use them. They don't go. Is that not a problem? It's a problem in baseball, especially because you got 80 plus games you got to fill. You know, in football, you can usually get the suites committed for the eight, now nine, eh, ten home games a year. Everybody wants to see them. The tickets are fairly expensive, but it's times ten. It's not times 80. And there are affordable tickets, and especially because you've got 80,000 seats, 70,000 seats, not 40. Most NFL teams have five to 6,000 seats that are uh, inexpensive for the charities, for the giveaways. So if you really want to try very hard, you can get into an NFL game without having to pay a lot. Now, uh, the prices are still pretty high, and the concessions are through the roof, and the skyboxes are really expensive. But on average, it's volumes of games. And, uh, you know, not, it, you understand why uh, of the 80-some-odd games, 30 or 35 of them, are just games where nobody really wants to go. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's trouble because you got to have a younger demographic. Everybody understands the old demographic for baseball. And the worst thing you could do is price them out of the market. Well, I don't think, uh, frankly, I'm not feeling football to be a, uh, you know, shortage of fan problem. Uh, and I think that, look, I have season tickets to the Steelers, and they're a few grand. I mean, I have good seats. I only have two of them, but they're good seats. They're great seats, and they're, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's a few grand. But, you know, I get all those, whatever, a, a couple, you know, preseason games and then eight regular season games. The problem I have with it is, is that, like, believe it or not, you know, the Steelers actually play in primetime like three or four times, maybe five. And of their games, like at least three of their home games are primetime games, like Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, at least three, maybe four. Well, there's only, you know, I think they get nine home games this year. It's the AFC gets nine. I could be wrong. But I think they get right. nine. So right. I have nine. Right. And I think at least four of them are primetime games. Well, it's hard for me to go to Pittsburgh from New York City to go to an 8 o'clock game. And not I'm just not getting home until Monday afternoon. So, And I have to do you know TV shows and radio shows. And my kids have to go to school. So I think that sucks. We'll talk more about all this with Rick Haro coming up. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're talking to Rick Haro, our sports business and legal insider on SportsGrid. So uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, Rick, I don't have a problem with uh, the NFL, frankly, tickets. I mean, I would say they're they're fairly reasonable. And I think that, you know, I think the playoff and Super Bowl tickets are absurd. But I think in general, baseball tickets are absurd. I, I honestly, uh, so I was talking about it on today's show on TV that, uh, you know, the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are selling out games and the baseball experience out on the West Coast is just better than the East Coast these days. I mean, last night, the Dodgers and Scherzer, the place is sold out. You couldn't get a seat. Uh, you know, the Dodger Padres series in, in Petco sellouts every night. The Giants are in first place sellouts every night. Uh, it, there's something going on where I don't understand it. And it's not because they're not good. I mean, well, maybe it is a little bit. The, the Yankees aren't that good. They're they're, you know, fairly average. They're making a push, but the Red Sox are, you know, uh, have been pretty solid and the Phillies are chasing the Mets and it's not like the Mets are selling out city field. And then as you go down there to Florida, it's the same old story. Nobody goes to the games and there's no reason to go to national games anymore. Uh, What do you think the difference is regionally where the West coast is so hot right now? I know the teams are good, uh, but they go to those games, even if they aren't that good, don't they? Like, do you really believe that they wouldn't fill up Dodger Stadium if because uh, they're not even in first place? I know they won the World Series, but usually they're in first place by now and running away with the division and they sell it out almost every night. Yeah, hard to know. Um, Dodgers are among the top five in attendance every year, right? And that's also because they're almost in the top five in performance every year, too. But Dodger Stadium has morphed into an incredible experience, even more so than before. About $200 million or so of renovations and another set of renovations. Remember, they were supposed to get the All-Star Game last year. They got COVIDed out. They're going to get the All-Star Game next year. And so it is a baseball experience. I think San Diego with Tatis and Machado and, and uh, Darvish, all of the acquisitions have made that team a bit more exciting. That's a fun park to go to. You know, you were just there. And then the Giants, that's a different story because that's way above expectations. There's nothing like a team in any sport that catches fire in the middle of a season when nobody expected anything. So unless they swoon, that's the story of the year, not just on the field but in the box office. 
Do you think, uh, explain to me how, you know, we talked a little bit today about the valuations of like the Cowboys and the NFL teams being at three and a half billion uh, and the Cowboys at six and a half billion. How much money you've been involved in a lot of NFL stadium deals and NBA and everything else for that matter, minor league stadiums, baseball, you name it. You've done it all in terms of legal work for the leagues. How do they make all their money? Uh, it, it, you know, because at some point, as we're sitting here talking about, uh, you know, stadium capacities and how many tickets they're selling, and they just got back into getting fans into the stadiums this year after COVID. Where do these teams make all their money? Is it TV rights? Is it, uh, you know, uh, don't tell me it's just ticket prices. That That's what I'm driving at here because there's no way I believe they're making their money uh, selling tickets because if it's fairly reasonable to get into an NFL game, is it because they're double the size of the stadiums and they're 70, 80,000 to 100,000 in some like Jerry's world? And then uh, what's the difference between how those teams make their money and how baseball teams make their money? Like how they make money. Well, let's do the football one first. Uh, it's changed a little bit, but not much since I was in the middle of all of these balance sheets. And it's socialism, but in a good way. Remember, about 80 to 85% of all of the revenue at the NFL is basically shared revenue. So, you know, the big TV dollars are the national contracts. The only local deals are the preseason games, and that doesn't really amount to much, and the local radio. And then the tickets are divided 60% home, 40% visitors. And so you can really be in the middle of the pack and the variation between the top and the bottom revenue wise is not that big. Cause like I said, most of the revenue is shared. That's why, do you remember when the chargers played at the soccer stadium? It's gone through a number of different names, dignity health now, but in Carson, everybody in the league was really upset because even if you sell out, you only have 20,000 tickets to distribute. And the visiting teams get 40% of 20,000, not 40% of 70,000. So uh, it's a number where between from the top to the bottom, there's not that much of a difference. So it's a healthy league, even though there are some teams that suck every year. That's a management issue. That's not a revenue issue. On the baseball side, obviously, everybody knows the reason the Yankees can keep pumping money into getting Gallo and Rizzo and all those guys is because of the local television deals. The national deals with Fox and ESPN are big, but they're nowhere near as big as the NFL deals. And therefore, the haves and the have-nots can be a lot different because of the size and the difference of the local TV deals. So they actually, uh, Carver High and I used to work at CBS, and the radio deal that the Yankees have with the fan is an absolute uh, joke. I mean... Uh, they're ripping them off. I mean, it, the price is outrageous. What do they pay, Carver? I sixteen million a year for the baseball, uh, for the rights, something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and then I mean, how many people are driving off the road into a ditch listening to those games? I mean, honestly, like if I turn on those two old geezers doing that game, I want to literally, I want to drive into a telephone pole. I mean, it is, Rick, they are making so much money on those TV and radio deals in markets like New York and Boston and 
whatever, et cetera. That's you're right. That's got to be where they're making all their money. Uh, it's crazy. Well, like, and, and, and remember this, when the NFL did their TV deal, that's why this is so important. The Roonies from your hometown in Pittsburgh, the Maras and the Tishes in New York, the Hallises in Chicago, the Fords in Detroit, you all get together and say, look, we're all going to share the TV revenue in the early 60s because that's the only way that teams like Green Bay could survive. In baseball, if you made a motion to share the TV revenue these days, the local TV revenue, you'd be laughed out of the room. Yankees wouldn't want to give up the TV or radio revenue and put it in a common pool. Now, there is some of that right now. There's an adjustment. So the Rays, the Marlins, others get some dollars, and that's what a lot of people are complaining about, that you know it doesn't really reward success because you're going to get that money anyway. Well, those are details to be worked out. NHL has some of that. NBA has a little of that. But the king of that is baseball because there is a big difference between the have and the have-nots revenue-wise. And it obviously shows in salaries, you know, the difference between the raised payroll. They do more with less than anybody in probably any sport. So, uh, Carver High, the Yankees own the Yes Network. They own their own network that's carrying – their games so i'm not sure if they own it anymore i i'm pretty sure i and rick can probably know this better than me i think that the yankees sold off a really large slice of the yes network and they were under the fox umbrella for a while if, am i am i right on that rick didn't fox own a little bit of yes well they sold while? the BBC. they still have some of it so right. it, it's it's fair to say that the mets you know with with sny there's a piece there too but the well, teams comcast uh, most pieces of teams in baseball have pieces comcast of their own network yeah. Well, wait, let me, yeah, let, me, let, me right. ask, let me ask this question. So if SNY owns, if, if the Mets own SNY, they used to, Sterling Equities used to own SNY, the Wilburns right. owned it, and they sold it to Steve Cohen. So now Cohen owns SNY. No, and they he's, were separate. Oh, oh, so Comcast owns it now? So Comcast no, but, but, is well, paying, uh, S- who's SNY wasn't part of the deal when Cohen bought the Mets. So okay, the Will so Bonds still the on. Mets to carry their games. Uh, well, I know that Comcast and Xfinity own own a little bit of the SNY network, but the Will Ponds own the rest of it. Okay, so uh, Rick, who is paying the Yankees for those uh, broadcasts? If they own so much of the Yes Network, aren't they just carrying their own games for free? Well, it's, I mean, they have, they have debt. They have to pay for transmission. I mean, a TV network isn't just a license to print money. They've got costs associated with it, too. But the rights fees aren't there as much, obviously, because it's part of the same family. That's exactly right. That's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, when you saw the valuation of the the Cowboys today at six and a half billion dollars. I don't think anything fiscally surprises you that much anymore. Did that catch your eye that it was worth that much money? I mean, I mean, let's face facts. Uh, they don't even win anymore. And they're worth six and a half billion dollars. That's crazy to me. Like that guy yeah, but see, a lot, and his son have to be laughing. Yeah, it, they have to be laughing on that yacht. Here's a dirty little secret. Here's a dirty little secret for Forbes's values. The guys on the high level love it because 
it sounds good. The guys at the lowest area think that the numbers are not right because there's no relation between the revenues when you look at the chart and the overall value. There is some, and the reason why the Cowboys are, are so valuable, obviously, is AT&T Stadium and all the stuff that's done there, the boxing, the bowl games, college football, everything else. But a lot of it is trophy value. You know what trophy value means? All it is is somebody makes up a number. The value of these franchises is whatever a buyer wants to pay. Do you think the Clippers were worth $2 billion before Donald Sterling sold it to Steve Ballmer? No. He wanted it. He paid $2 billion. And all of a sudden, the team was worth $2 billion. So it is not an exact science, but it is an interesting thing every year. And it does highlight the different economic structures between football and other sports. Well, it is amazing, like that. That the I have one minute, uh, and now I have forty-five seconds. It's amazing that like the Nets have whatever they're making, they have to pour it back into the luxury tax just to afford the team they have. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Yeah, and, and, you know, part... Yeah, look, every, every sport has its different structures. Uh, hockey has the same kind of thing. The luxury tax is important because you can make a decision to buy a Durant or a Kyrie Irving, but you got to pay for it. In football, you don't have that luxury. If you go over, you're docked, and you can't. In baseball, same kind of thing. There's not, there is a, a tax, but you can go over if you want. That's why the Yankees do it all the time. So... All the different sports have different deals, and it works out differently with each one. I'm just glad the uh, Cowboy cheerleaders are on the sideline tonight. That's really the moral of this story. Uh, Rick, great stuff today on Coast to Coast and on the bench tonight. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Steelers 16 to 3 spanking in the cover and the under and later to money line spread and total the trifecta we had it all going tonight in the Hall of Fame game and the project that I've been working on is Haskins that's my project for the Steelers is this guy 
going to grow up? Is he going to turn his uh, life around and his career around? Because his name was Mud in Washington with the uh, performance that he put up and the effort and the work. He had zero of any of it. No work ethic, no anything. Guy was going through the motions as a rookie, right? He was embarrassing. Uh, he was so bad. They obviously they got rid of him and the Steelers picked him up and everybody wants to know if he's, uh, figured it out. Like, is he going to show up and be a man? And he's done everything they've asked of him. And he, uh, went eight of 13 tonight for 54 yards, a 4.2 average, no TDs, no picks, no sacks, but you know, not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Dobbs actually threw a touchdown and Rudolph didn't, but I, I thought, you know, they ran one in, threw one in and got a field goal, whatever, uh, missed the extra point, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, not bad, right? Like for Haskins, I didn't think it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. There was no Dak tonight. It was uh, Gilbert Grape. A buck four he threw for, an eight-yard average, no TDs. Your boy Rush, he did nothing. Unbelievable. Steelers win it 16-3 in the Hall of Famer. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 